Hey there, Healthy Ish listeners. You've tuned into the Almost Daily Podcast from Body and Soul with me, Felicity Harley. Oh, wait till you hear Kath Koshal's story today. You will be in awe of her resilience, tenacity and strength. The former Australian cricketer is founder of the not-for-profit The Kindness Factory and has penned a book called Kindness about her harrowing experiences that ultimately reminded her of the power of kindness. And she's going to talk about those today. Now, we keep our healthiest episodes short, as you probably already know. So if you want to hear my full chat with Kath, where she shares what exactly pulled her through the super tough times, you can search for that wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us on Healthish today and congratulations on your wonderful new book. By the way, the the title, Kindness, oh, it says it all really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Uh, when my editor and I was trying to come up with the title, we weren't really sure what to call it and we landed with kindness with a full stop just because it seemed to make the most sense. But I guess both of us thought at, at, at certain points that it might be too simple, but I think sometimes simple is best. So yeah. stoked with the title and, and really encapsulate what it's all about. I think it's also so impactful. Simple is often has the most impact. But before we get to what kindness means to you and how you live it, can you just in a nutshell, I know it seems almost, I don't know, it takes away from the experiences that you have had, but can you just tell us, you know, you've lived a pretty harrowing life. What Tell us briefly about it. Yeah, I mean, harrowing, I guess, in the, you know, in the eyes of some and in and others, I guess, the way I sort of conceptualise it is, is you get one life and I've only, I've not known any different. And so this has always been my life and I'm probably the happiest and healthiest I've been in my entire life right now. But yeah, I had a very normal upbringing, you know, country sort of values, big family. I've got three older brothers and no adversity to speak of until about 23 um, when I was playing cricket professionally and and broke my back for the first time. So that led to a series of misfortunate events, sort of one thing after another from an adversity perspective. I I went to rehab uh, to teach myself how to walk again when I was told that there's a very slight chance that I would and in the most amazing of ways met met, uh, the love of my life in that rehab environment. Um, And I guess we started planning a life you know, outside of our recovery and, and spurring each other on in that recovery process, we planned a life together and, um, and yeah, very tragically and um, inexplicably, he, 12 months into our relationship, he, he took his own life. He passed away in that rehab environment. And at a young age, at a very young, you know, early adult uh, point in my life, I, I just felt quite lost. And, and that sort of led to me, I guess, doing a whole lot of self-discovery and exploring within myself to, to really understand what had stood out to me throughout my adversity, which was kindness. And so that's what was the crux of me starting the Kindness Factory, which is now a global not-for-profit in three countries. But um, as most good stories go, adversity was soon to follow after that small triumph in, in starting that movement when I was training for an Ironman after recovering from my first broken back and um, on a training bike ride with my best mate, I, I got hit by a drunk driver from behind and broke my back again. Um, and it was a pretty serious accident. It was very near death and all those sorts of things. And as I sort of crawled out of that experience, you know, waking up in ICU and 
seeing my parents and the, the, the look on their face and what that must have felt like to, to watch me struggle through that. I, oh, I, I really, can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a mum. I'm a, a very proud auntie. I've got five nephews and a niece. And um, when I considered what it must have been like for my parents, uh, it would have broken me to see one of my nephews or my niece like that. So I can't imagine what that was like for them. And, uh, and in that sense, you know, um, and it's a theme throughout the book, you know, I've I've never been one that's not had support around me and um and and for that I'm just I'm actually the luckiest person everyone thinks I'm unlucky but I'm actually the luckiest person alive um I've always had people who have caught me when I've fallen and I am by no means perfect um you know throughout my struggle I've seen the ugly side or the ugliest side of myself and my personality and and we all have that within us but they've never once judged me and and they've always sort of stood up and and shown up for me and so I guess in that hospital bed, you know, uh, the rest of the world were learning about my story and and the adversity after adversity after adversity. And they sort of started, you know, I guess being inspired by me in a hospital bed, um, recognising that I could no longer, you know, go out and give kindness to others. Uh, So they started doing it for me instead. And and that's what led to the, I guess, part of the journey. Um, it was a, a series of, of different events that led to me leaving my my house with nothing but the clothes on my back and and to test out kindness in such a risky way. But I don't think there was ever a doubt in my mind that it wouldn't work, um, the journey. I, I didn't know how long I'd last, but um, so to have lasted for two months and I could have easily gone beyond that um, is, is true. Like, I mean, I look back on it now and it's, it's just my life. That's how I've always yeah, considered but, it. I and, mean, reading it and hearing it, it's just, crazy (laughs) yeah I mean even writing about it sort of going over the blogs and looking through like my phone and going through the photos and you know because I was telling so many other people's stories amongst my own um I was reaching out to them and connecting going here's what I wrote at the time do you recall it this way and do I have your permission to share your story and it was such a beautiful you know, I, I didn't know what it was. I was actually quite apprehensive to write a book. I had four offers before Tessa, my wonderful editor, reached out and I just knew she was the right person that I wanted to share this story with. And um, I remember sort of, yeah, thinking at the time, um, I don't know about this because I'm going to have to talk and write about so many hard things that I went through in life. But it was such a beautiful experience because I guess I was able to, you know, really process that again that journey that I went on within myself and through my adversity but then also to retell the stories of so many incredible people that helped me um it was a true privilege and um it's it's only strengthened the relationships that I had not only with the people that I met on that journey for two months but also you know my best friend you know sharing my inner thoughts with her that she was supporting me through at the time and and I remember asking her permission to share our story within the book and she said of course I said no I really need you to read this and and she read it and she just sent me a text and said, I wish I could go back and give 28-year-old you a hug. Mm. And um, and I said to her, well, you did at the time. And she said, yeah, I know, but I didn't know that those were the things that you were thinking. I could see that you were struggling and, of course, I was there, but I didn't know that that's exactly what you were feeling. And and what a gift that is to be able to sort of share that experience together. And, and again, yeah, it's just strengthened all of my relationships, uh, which, which is a, a true gift that I didn't think would happen in that writing process for sure. One of your... Well, I suppose something that we can take out of this book is to is to remind ourselves of the importance of kindness. How can listeners adopt a more a mindset of kindness every day? Because I feel like we all know that, you know, helping someone across the road, you know, there's there's kind of generic 
acts of kindness, how can we actually be kinder? Do you know what? This is going to be maybe a surprise to you and all the listeners. I would encourage anyone who's listening to start with kindness to self. Um, So whenever we get onto a plane, the first message we hear is the safety message. In case of an emergency, oxygen masks will fall down from the ceiling. Put yours on first before helping others. And um, I think that's, you know, a a perfect summary of of how we need to be kind to ourselves. Uh, And we actually can't be kind to others unless we've been kind to ourselves. So even as busy parents, I'm not a parent, but I hear from parents all around the world, you know, my kids come first, all this kind of stuff. And, and yeah, I think at certain points they need to, but if you're not looking after yourself and being kind to yourself, and this doesn't have to be grand gestures, it could just be getting your favourite coffee or taking two extra minutes in the shower or telling your partner that you love them or walking a dog or patting a dog or whatever it is, uh, whatever kindness looks like to you that fills your bucket, I think we need to prioritise that uh, and then give kindness to others. And I, I think what most people will find is, um, when we engage in kindness to self and then others, um, we'll actually look for more opportunities for kindness out there inadvertently, so subcon- unconsciously, sorry. Um, and so that's, I think, how we, we need to start is by genuinely just giving ourselves a little bit of love and a little bit of kindness uh, in whatever means possible. But, um, yeah, and then kindness to others. But we know that we're in the most oxytocin state when we're giving or receiving kindness. Um, You know, back in the day when I started all this, people would ask me, but why kindness? And I always said, it just feels good. Like, do you you not agree? And and there's a reason for that. I didn't know the the science behind it back then. But, yeah, there's a reason for that. We're in the most oxytocin state that we can be when we're we're giving or receiving kindness. So you can't really argue with it when you know all these stats, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Kath, thanks for coming on Healthy-ish and for sharing your message of kindness. You're welcome. If you like this book with Kath, you can grab her book. It is simply called Kindness and it is out now. If you want more from us, plenty of other episodes of Healthy-ish, extra healthy-ish as well. Kathy's also up on that one now. You can jump online, bodyandsoul.com.au, follow us on social media, or you can rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. And until tomorrow, well, sprinkle that kindness shit everywhere and stay healthy-ish. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.